Well, there might only be three established starters on this Sacramento Kings roster currently, but Monty McNair may have to trade one of them to fill the other two spots. I'm talking about Harrison Barnes, whether or not trading HB would be the right move this summer and what kind of return the Kings could potentially get for Harrison Barnes. And here to discuss that with me, plus so much more Kings talk, is my friend Barry Ware, one of the hosts of the Royal Rebounds podcast covering the Sacramento Kings. He'll join me for a fun discussion on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball for ABC 10 uh, News in Sacramento. And mercifully, mercifully, rather, the season is finally coming to an end. Uh, and before these five games wrap up, there's still so much to discuss, so much to preview about this upcoming offseason that's going to be way more important, way more significant uh, than what's going to happen through these final five games. And you've heard a lot, if you've listened to recent Locked on Kings podcasts over the last couple of weeks, you've heard me being very critical of Harrison Barnes him not stepping up, playing to the level that I expect him to play at, especially with both De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis out. And while I felt that way, I still have been adamant about my reluctance to trade Harrison Barnes this offseason if I were Monty McNair because he is such a hard piece for the Kings to replace. But Barry Ware, one of the hosts of the Royal Rebounds podcast, joining me here on Locked on Kings for the first time, he is actually open to the idea of trading Harrison Barnes. He will explain why why we'll go into a deep discussion on the possibility of trading Barnes, what the Kings could potentially get for him, what kind of conversations we would include Barnes in, and why you would even consider trading Harrison Barnes this offseason. Plus, we'll discuss a whole lot more surrounding this Kings team. So without any further ado, here is my friend, and for the first time ever on Locked on Kings, from Royal Rebounds, Barry Ware. Of course, it takes a lot of stamina for NBA players to go through an entire 82-game season, not to mention the injuries, bumps, and bruises they deal with. But let me be honest with you. It takes a lot of stamina, I know, as a Sacramento Kings fan to sit through and watch an 82-game season, and it takes a whole hell of a lot of stamina to be a podcast host and media member covering this team for an 82-game season. Not that we don't love our jobs. We have one of the best jobs on the planet. But this season, like many over the last 15 seasons, has been rough. And many of us are happy to see it come to an end. But I'm also really happy to invite here for the first time on Locked on Kings. And it's a travesty that it's taken this long uh, to get these guys on Locked on Kings. Well, I should say this guy. It's normally two of them, but one was not available. But I did get Barry Ware uh, from the uh, the Royal Rebounds podcast, which if you're not familiar with Royal rebounds one of, uh, one of a, a multitude of great podcasts that covers the Sacramento Kings and if you're not familiar with the production value that Royal Rebounds uh, gives for you you're getting a sneak preview of it if you're watching on YouTube you can see Barry's background uh, their producer Vinny does a phenomenal job of just putting together some elaborate set I just have a Lord of the Rings painting in the background because I'm a nerd they have a full-on studio setup that they do over there and they, they broadcast from Hawaii 
So they're extra dedicated in that sense where I can drive 20 minutes and be at the Golden One Center. But Barry, it's about time we get Royal Rebounds here on Locked on Kings. It's a pleasure to have you on, my friend. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. Appreciate it. Of course. So Barry, let's get on. Let's be honest here. What for these final five games of the season, what in the world are you watching for? Oh man. You know, that's a tough question because, you know, many of us as fans have battled with this like tank or no tank, you know, what do we want to do here? Is the draft lottery all that important? Or do we want to see what we're going to get out of these, you know, these young guys or these guys we just picked up here at the deadline. For me, there's a couple important things that I'm really looking for. Uh, you know, number one is injuries, you know, and having Deer and Fox and Sabonis potentially out through the rest of the season, which I think they will be, helps me a lot on that front because I'm not worried about one of these guys, you know, undergoing a devastating injury and potentially missing next season. I'm still wondering a little bit kind of why Harrison Barnes is out there because I, I don't feel like there's really a need for him at this point. Um, and number two is, is you know, all season long, we've talked about the two and the four, and those are our big positions in need for Sacramento. And who's going to fill in those roles? Is it somebody that's already on the team here, like a Dante DiVincenzo, a Davion Mitchell, maybe even a Trey Lyles? So, you know, what I'm really looking for is, is just like what we saw last night, is getting production out of these young guys, seeing how they fit on this team, and seeing uh, the position that we can put them in to make them most successful. Yeah, Royal Rebounds and Locked on Kings, as most Kings podcasts and even Kings fans at this point, the discussions are all around the same thing here. With the remainder of the season, it's what's the point of watching these games? It has largely to do with the young guys. Of course, anytime there's a Kings conversation, Fox and Sabonis come up. And I've gone back and forth with this. I completely understand the the points that you made, and it, it's fully logical to say, why would you risk Sabonis and Fox, who are already dealing with injuries, why would you risk bringing them back for seemingly meaningless ball games? But I also have this argument in the back of my head that I think carries some weight to it. I'm curious your thoughts on it, Barry. The the time that Fox and Sabonis have had together on the floor has not been as much here in, since the trade deadline as, as I'd liked it to be. And while they've had great moments together, we've never seen both of them have a really, really good game at the same time. When Fox was going off, Sabonis was struggling. When Sabonis had his two 30-plus uh, point performances, one of them Fox didn't play well. The other Fox was out because of injury. So part of me is like, if they're available, they're cleared, and there's a low risk of re-injury over the final few games I might want to see a 20 minute stretch of the two of them together just to see if you can get a little more, maybe a little like preview for next season or a little extra on court practice time for next season. I know it's probably not the logical way to go, but do you see some validity to that? I do. Uh, I feel like there's got to be a balance here as far as, you know, these guys need to play together. They need to gain some chemistry together. Uh, but like I said, there's still the injury concern there. But, you know, Calvin's been very adamant of, you know, you could be injured at any time playing basketball. It doesn't matter if it's summer league or if it's preseason, postseason, regular season. Uh, you know, we've seen guys in the NBA get injured getting out of the shower. So, you know, injuries are possible at any point. Um, but I do think you have some v validity to that statement in the fact that these guys do need to get some time playing together. I'm just a little bit worried about. What's that, what's that going to send uh, a message to these other guys? You know, I, I think that they need time to shine. And, you know, we all don't need more wins as much as we do like them. Uh, I think a lot of Kings fans right now are rooting against wins. Uh, and I think bringing in De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis is kind of counteractive to that point as well. 
you brought up Harrison Barnes too. You don't really see much of a point of him playing right now. I've actually been frustrated, Barry, with Harrison because he's widely considered at this point in time the third best player on this roster. There's many who believe that he can't be the third best player on your roster if you want to be a good team. Not trying to disrespect Harrison Barnes, but I think what he's shown recently is with the top two players out, Barnes has not stepped up offensively as much as I've needed him to step up. Now, there's another part of me that knows that Harrison is a high IQ guy. He recognizes the part of the season that he's in. He recognizes how important this time is for guys like Davion Mitchell, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, even like Nemias Kata, if he plays or, or whoever is not getting a lot of minutes during the regular season that now gets opportunity here towards the end. I know he recognizes that as well, but if this is going to be potentially your third leading scorer, your third scoring option going into next season, I need more than eight or nine or minimum 10 uh, field goal attempts per game, especially when right now, statistically, he's one of the best, if not the best three-point shooter on the Kings, and he's only taking two or three attempts a game. That's just not enough for me. Yeah, I think we saw it early on in the season. Luke Walton is a huge Harrison Barnes fan. We know the connection from Golden State. And I think early on this season, he was saying he wants Harrison Barnes shooting like upwards of 10 threes per game. Um, for me... I do like Harrison Barnes to get some more run on this team and get some more shots, but you know, uh, I don't want to, you know, steal anybody's thunder here, but I think that Harrison Barnes is probably going to be on his way out for Sacramento this off season. Personally, for me, I feel like he's a little bit older. He's only got one year left on his deal. Uh, and he, he has a big salary. So if you're going to trade this draft pick, if you're going to trade a guy like potentially Davion Mitchell, you're going to need to pair them with a larger salary, like a Harrison Barnes to bring in uh, another big name player and uh, I, I think that could potentially happen here. Interesting. Let's dive into that a little bit more because my hesitation with trading Harrison Barnes has been he plays a position that historically has been very difficult for the Kings to fill. Just a, a general wing body that is a steady starting option. And I would say on this Kings team right now, they have three guaranteed starters on this roster, two other holes that they desperately have to fill. If you're trading Harrison Barnes away, you have to be getting getting someone at his position of equal or better talent. And even equal, I roll my eyes at unless that player is one cheaper and two younger. And there are not a lot of options like that out there that are realistically acquirable. So if you're trading Harrison Barnes, what are you expecting to acquire from him, Barry? What is your line of, I'm not trading Harrison Barnes unless I'm getting this type of player? I mean, I think it's exactly what you said. I'm, I'm going cheaper and I'm going younger. Uh, I feel like Harrison Barnes is, you know, one of the oldest guys on this team. Maybe his window doesn't exactly line up with some of these younger guys. And, you know, making $18 million next season for what he's really producing for this Kings team, if, if he is going to be the third best player on this team, you know, maybe that works out. But honestly, I haven't seen him be that guy. We, had, we didn't see him be that guy in Dallas. The only success we've really seen from Harrison Barnes, you know, is in terms of teams winning games is in Golden State, where he was the fourth best player behind three Hall of Famers. Mm. Today's Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the number one way to play daily fantasy NBA basketball. You need to try their award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this app. It's the only way that I fa play fantasy basketball because it's easy to use and it's easy to make money on, truth be told. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You versus the 
house. You're not taking on anybody else. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe. They offer fast withdrawals. You can use their award-winning app on both the App Store or Google Play right now. And the way uh, that it works, you just pick a uh, a player and an over-under on a projected stat, like points scored or rebounds or steals. You can even do mixed sport entries, so not just basketball. You can also bet on football when it's going on, baseball when it's going on. They have so much more. And for a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all Locked On Kings listeners. You can get up to $50 for free if a player in your first Price Pick entry scores a single point. It's that easy, but you must use promo code NBA. Again, if you're uh, if uh, a player in your lineup for your first ever lineup scores a single point, it's $50 for free, but you have to use promo code NBA. Play the daily fantasy sports basketball game that you were meant to play that is fun and fun to cash in on. I'm talking about prize picks. I mean, I guess in order to fully have this conversation, you have to establish what expectations are for next season. And for me, as long as De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis are here, a, a full season of them together, knock on wood, barring any kind of catastrophic injury, a full season of them together, there's no excuse why the Sacramento Kings can't be a playoff team. Even if the West gets better, which I fully expect it to, I expect the Sacramento Kings to not just be a playoff team, but barely scraping into the play-in like they tried to do this season. I'm expecting them to be firmly in the playoff conversation next year. And if they do make the play-in, they're hosting at least one of those games, meaning they're an eighth or seventh seed uh, at that point. That's my expectation for this team with Fox and Sabonis and hopefully a better supporting cast around them. Is that your expectation as well? Or is a little dialed back of just if you get into the play-in, that's a win for you? Yeah, I think it really depends on health because, you know, we haven't seen De'Aaron Fox been able to actually finish a season here in the past few seasons. He's either had COVID or he's been dealing with other injuries. Mm. Now Sabonis is dealing with an injury as well. So health to me is really important. But a core of De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, I think, can get you to the play-in. But I think this team needs to add some more talent to be a, a certified playoff team. And it makes a lot of sense for the Kings to try and use Harrison Barnes and maybe their draft pick to add that talent. I think pairing Harrison Barnes and the draft pick together could either really move you up the draft, depending upon if there's anybody at the top that you're really interested in. And there's your younger, cheaper player right there. Or mm -hmm. if there's a name out there that you really want to swing for the fences for, I imagine Barnes and uh, this year's first round pick is a very enticing package for a lot of teams. So that's where it makes sense to, uh, that I can see shopping Harrison. I just don't know. And I'd have to see the player that they acquired to really make a, so this is a, a very difficult hypothetical conversation that has no real correct answer to it. I just have a hard time thinking of the amount of options that the Kings could go out and acquire that are younger and cheaper that boost their playoff chances compared to having an established Harrison Barnes presence on this roster. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, for me, if I'm taking a step back at the three position to acquire, let's say, a Bradley Beal or or someone that's going to be better than Harrison Barnes and fill in that two or that four position, I think I'm willing to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a couple guys out there that I really like. You know, we talked about, um, you know, John Collins. We talked about Bradley Beal. I know Siakam's name's been out there. You know, if the Kings can upgrade and get one of these guys – it's okay to fill another position and bring in maybe a young or a guy, upcoming guy, or maybe just, you know, a gap filler for one season to play that three. But for me, it's just all about improving talent on the roster. 
None of these guys are untradeable for me as long as I'm bringing in more talent than I'm sending out. If you're Monty McNair, how much of your future are you willing to gamble with or sacrifice in order to try and get that guy this offseason? Is it multiple draft picks, just this year's draft pick, Davion Mitchell? Like, where Where's your line at if you were McNair at this point? For me, it depends on the guy that I'm bringing back in. If it's a guy like Bradley Beal who's proven that this guy can be a star in the league, you know, I'm willing to give up multiple first-round picks. I'm willing to give up Davion Mitchell. I'm willing to give up Harrison Barnes. Um, but, you know, if it's just kind of a fringe guy, maybe this year's pick is all I'm really willing to, uh, you know, get rid of. But it, it really depends on what's going to be available. I think over the next few weeks as the playoffs start, we're going to hear more rumors, you know, about Julius Randle and some of these other guys. But, uh, you know, we need to see the big picture before I can actually make an, an adequate, you know, uh, a statement on that. See, my dream target is still Jalen Brown with the Boston Celtics. If the Kings could find a way to to get him for multiple firsts and Harrison Barnes and maybe even Davion Mitchell, that's where I personally would pull the trigger. That's a name to maybe I keep an eye that. on. Although Boston suddenly has reemerged and gotten a lot better playing well as of late. So maybe he, uh, his untouchable status has, has increased there uh, in Boston. But regardless, we know this offseason is going to be, extremely busy. We're hoping that come training camp, we'll have a lot of questions answered, or at least some of those questions will be answered from training camp. And the biggest questions that I have other than coaching search is that two spot and that four spot in the starting lineup, right? The Kings may acquire a player that it's guaranteed he's going to be a starter, but as of right now, those spots are wide open. And the two spot is the only one that I can legitimately see a player on the roster right now fitting into. And those two players that I have in mind are both Dante DiVincenzo and Davion Mitchell. Davion's been on an absolute tear as of late, Barry, and it's been very fun to see him playing. It's good to see the Kings winning because of him, not in spite of him type thing. I still am hesitant to think that Fox and Mitchell could work together when Fox and Halliburton wasn't able to work together. But where are you at with Davion Mitchell potentially as a long-term starter for this Kings team? I love everything that I've seen from Davion Mitchell lately. Like this dude is playing out of his mind. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same camp as you. I'm not sure exactly how Davion and Deer and Fox are going to fit together. Kind of similar to how uh, Halliburton and Deer and Fox were going to fit together. And it kind of just brings me back to some of these press conferences that I've heard from Monty McNair. And, you know, I got to give a shout out to Monty because he has done exactly what he said he's going to do. He said he's going to be patient when he needs to be. He's going to be aggressive when he needs to be. He's going to uh, draft best available. He's going to stack assets and he's going to go after big name guys when he can. And that's exactly what he's done. I, I think this Davion situation, you know, and, and don't hate me for this because I love him and I would love to have him on the Kings for the future. But I see a very similar thing happening to what happened to Tyrese Halliburton is the Kings drafted the right guy. They developed him. He doesn't potentially or or maybe fit well on this team or with the rest of these players, but he's going to be used as a trade ship to bring in another, hopefully, all-star. Mm. It's a possibility for sure. I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility with McNair. I also wouldn't put the Kings trading De'Aaron Fox out of the realm of possibility with Monty McNair. However, I would be very surprised if that were to happen. But I also said that I never thought Tyrese Halliburton was going to be traded. And look what Monty McNair did. He has He's in the interest of making this team better. His job relies upon it. And if he thinks he can make this team better by treating, trading either one of those guys... 
we know he's not afraid uh, to pull the trigger. That's what makes this offseason so interesting. But with Davion Mitchell, I like him better. If he's going to be a Sacramento King going forward, of course, it, it all depends on who's in that two spot. But I think Davion is most optimized in a six-man role. Coming in with that defensive uh, pressure that he provides, we know that he can score. Clearly, he's capable of running a, a, a unit, so you can have him out there without De'Aaron Fox to really babysit him in terms of floor general responsibilities. Plus, the two of them can play together in limited stretches that we've seen in the second half of the season as well. I know we spend way too much time comparing the Kings to the glory days, right? The late nineties and early two thousands. And I'm not trying to over uh, like go too deep into that, but I really do see a Bobby Jackson esque type role that Davion Mitchell could have for this team with an increased defensive presence off the bench. You know, I really like Davion coming off the bench, you know, him and Dante DiVincenzo playing together coming off the bench is, is a great one, two punch. And, you know, it's great depth for this Kings roster. However, you know, you just look at the numbers. The difference in him starting versus coming off the bench is huge. One of the biggest knocks I've had on Davion's game this season has been free throws. He just doesn't seem to hit the free throw very, uh, you know, at a good clip. But when he's starting, he's shooting over 70% from uh, the free throw line. He's passing the ball better. He's just an, an overall better player as a starter. I know it's a very small sample size, but, you know, starter Davion is much different than bench Davion, in my my opinion. There are six guys on this roster right now that I wouldn't mind seeing back or that I rather want to see back on the Kings next season. And everybody else, for the most part, I'd be OK with seeing leave. Those six guys are Fox, Sabonis, uh, Barnes, and then Davion Mitchell, Dante DiVincenzo. And I'm putting Damian Jones in there, too. I just really like what he provides. I'm intentionally leaving Rashawn Holmes out of this because... As much as I like Rashawn, wouldn't be mad with him returning next season. Uh, I think he is a very, very viable trade asset that does have value this offseason that Monty McNair could turn around for a, a pretty decent upgrade or profit. Uh, so that's why I'm intentionally not including him. Uh, but are, are, are there other names on that list that I didn't include, Barry, that you would like to see back on the Kings roster? Well, I really like what I saw out of Terrence Davis, you know, it spurts this season and, and right before the injury, I thought he was playing really well. I'm excited to see, you know, what the Kings can get for him. And he's relatively cheap, only $4 million, uh next season. But, you know, I, I have to agree with you. You know, there's a bunch of guys on this roster that need to go. Uh, there's just a lot of valuable trade chips here. And there's a bunch of fringe guys that need to be upgraded into, you know, a two or a four. This Kings roster is not good enough as as stated to just kind of move some pieces around and see what happens they need some big upgrades and that's going to involve trading a guy like Rashawn Holmes potentially trading a guy like DeMontis or I mean sorry like Harrison Barnes and some of these other players you know Justin Holiday is still under contract for next season I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him uh you know Alex Len is still under contract Mo Harkless you know, if, if the Kings are really going to be chasing anybody in free agency or trying to bring in a big name guy, they're going to need to clear some cap space to make that happen. Um, but I have to agree with you on Damian Jones. Unfortunately, this guy is a free agent at the end of the season, but I, I absolutely love what I've seen from Damian Jones. And uh, he is one of the guys that I would absolutely love to bring back next season. 
Today's Locked on Kings broadcast also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar with so many amazing flavors. My favorite is mint uh, brownie. You can also uh, get fruity flavors like raspberry or orange. Uh, they have others like coconut, coconut almond. This uh, new this month is white chocolate cookies and cream, which is oh so good. These are protein bars that can replace candy bars and those other sweets for you. Not just are they delicious, they're also extremely healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar, which is 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It's a no-brainer decision. And what's also a no-brainer is the amount of uh, deals that Built Bar has, including a special deal for Locked on Kings listeners. If you use promo code LOCKED15 on Built.com, Whatever you order, you'll get 15% off of that order. Again, that's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Yeah, you brought up Terrence Davis. I haven't seen him play in a long time, and I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of am excluding him from this conversation. And even when he did play, he's a, a, a pretty streaky player, but you're right. Before his injury, he was playing his best basketball of the season. When If I say Terrence Davis, starting shooting guard for next year's Sacramento Kings team, with the playoff expectations that we have, is that likely? Does that make you roll your eyes? Does that interest you? What do you think? You know, I wouldn't be too mad about it, um, but I really do think that DiVincenzo is going to be the starting two. We've seen Monty been chasing him for, what, two years now. Finally got his guy. He's, uh, you know, his ankle's getting better. He's starting to play a little bit better. I think he is probably going to be the starting two guard for the Sacramento Kings next season unless they are able to make a big splash and bring in a Bradley Beal or maybe even a Jalen Brown. And where are you at with both Trey Lyles and Chemezi Metu? Lyles has played very, very well for the Kings in a starting role since really being acquired in the Marvin Bagley trade. But I'm in the camp that if Trey Lyles is your starting for next season, you're probably a bad basketball team again. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I'm a fan of anybody that comes from San Antonio, you know, that's played with the Spurs. I think they do a great job developing guys and, you know, really, uh, you know, honing in on fundamentals. Trey Lyles has done, has done really well this season, especially, you know, the past few games. I think he belongs on this Kings roster. I don't know if he's going to be a starter for me. Uh, maybe he's going to be a backup, uh, but I would much rather have him back than Chemezi Metu. What are your frustration levels with Alvin Gentry at this point in time? Because he's been saying, hey, I, I need to find or I want to find minutes for Nemias Keita. I want to find opportunities for Josh Jackson. And in the last two games, Jackson got a little bit of time against Houston, had some good moments. Keita got a little bit of time uh, the, the game before. These guys, especially Keita to me, I'm not necessarily that interested in Josh Jackson, but Nemias Keita to me, there's no reason why he shouldn't be getting upwards of 20 minutes a night for the remainder of this season. I understand winning basketball games and how that helps Alvin Gentry's image, I guess. But Nemias Keita needs to be playing. And I'm starting, I understand Gentry. I'm frustrated by it. I understand it. But I need Nemias Keita playing at this point. Are you in the same position? Yeah, I think everybody would like to see you know him get a few more minutes. But I got nothing but love for Alvin Gentry. I, I think this guy has been put in one of the toughest positions ever this season with Sacramento. I think mm -hmm. he's handled it really well, uh, you know, and, and it's tough to just say, okay, guys, we're just going to throw every single young guy out here and we're going to lose all the games coming up. You know, this team is already crushed as far as, you know, trying to make the playoffs for 16 straight seasons. You know, uh, us fans are, are tired of losing games as much as I do want to see, you know, all these young guys get, 
all the minutes and the Kings just tank through the rest of the season, you know, I'm happy that he's at least trying to win games because, you know, if you're changing the culture, you don't do that by just sending out all the bench players and letting your team lose every single game. I think they are better off losing games at this point. Yes, but I'm not trying to lose games. Uh, I would like to see uh, Keita get some more minutes, but I I totally get what Gentry's doing at this point. I have a ton of respect for Alvin Gentry too, which naturally I'm going to follow that up by saying something potentially disrespectful. And Barry, I need you to be kind of the gauge on this because it it could be a little (laughs) bit cruel, but honestly, I think that, I don't think Gentry has a chance of remaining the Sacramento Kings head coach. And that's okay. Like I I just, I didn't give him much of a chance when he took over for Luke Walton anyway. Is that harsh? I mean, they're going to give him an interview just out of courtesy and respect for the crap that he's been through. But to me, there's less than a 1% chance that Alvin Gentry is named the Kings head coach for Monty McNair going forward. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I think that, you know, it's time for Monty to get his guy in there. If he's going to fully take responsibility for this roster that he created and, you know, next season is really going to be on Monty. He needs to have his guy there. Now, you know, I could see a situation where Alvin Gentry potentially returns as an assistant coach for Sacramento. I don't think that's a downgrade for him depending on who the head coach is. Mm. I'm going to throw a name out here. Uh, You know, just because this guy has a lot of connections with Monty McNair through Houston and all that, Mike D'Antoni. If I were to pick a coach that I think could fully unlock Deer and Fox, it would be Mike D'Antoni. And him and Alvin Gentry have a great relationship from their days uh, in Phoenix together. So I I could see something like that working out. But I don't think Alvin Gentry will be the head coach of the Sacramento Kings next year. D'Antoni's a big name. Kenny Atkinson is another name that I've heard brought up a lot because of his pedigree with developing young teams and young players, even though the Kings, they do have young players, don't get me wrong, but they're trying to get under that or out of that young phase and get into the, okay, now we're an established playoff team phase. Um, So I, I maybe question that fit as well. Barry, we'll wrap up with this. It sounds like you're more comfortable with McNair and the Kings going the direction of bringing in a proven coach who has a track record, who has a pedigree, who's been there, done that before, versus maybe taking a risk, but also could be the next bringing that next coach out of college or bringing that former player, maybe like a Doug Christie, giving them an opportunity here in Sacramento uh, to to start their career with a team like this and see if they can turn things around. I mean, I like all those names that were mentioned, the Bobby Jacksons, the Mike Bibbies, the Doug Christies. You know, I'm a Kings fan. So, you know, I love all those guys. But, you know, honestly, here I'm taking a step back. I'm saying I trust Monty. I want him to choose his guy. The only reason I mentioned D'Antoni is, you know, I see the connection in Houston. But, you know, just taking a step back, looking at Monty McNair, the work that he's done since he, he's been here in Sacramento – it feels good to finally have a GM that I can trust. And I feel like is not just getting, you know, screwed over by every other player or coach in the league. So I'm going to fully trust him and let him make his pick. And, uh, you know, whoever he chooses at this point, I'm happy with that could change by the end of next season, but, uh, I'm trusting him right now to make his pick and I'm going to go with it. 
Well, regardless, this offseason is going to be a whole hell of a lot more interesting than these final five games this season. And of course, Locked on Kings will have you covered through the, the rest of these games. We'll have you covered all offseason long. Barry, I know Royal Rebounds is going to be doing the same. Why don't you share what you and your team are going to be doing over there uh, for the remainder of this season, what you guys, uh, what can be expected from you guys, any offseason content and ideas that you have coming your way. What's going on with Royal Rebounds? Yeah. So, you know, we're going to cover, you know, the next five games with, with our post game. We're also starting a second channel called basketball at the bar that you guys can check out on YouTube where we're going to be covering, you know, all the playoffs. We're going to have a podcast five days a week. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fun, interactive environment with the fans. We're going to cover all the playoffs. Then Royal rebounds is going to do, uh, on May 17th, we're going to do a draft lottery party. Uh, we're going to do a draft party. We're going to have a ton of off season content, so make sure you guys stay tuned to uh, all of that. Just because Kings basketball stops doesn't mean we stop. Uh, amen to that. I feel that even though sometimes we'd like to tap out and take a little break. This season has been rough <laughs> to say the least, but I'm excited for the offseason. I know you guys are too. Make sure you're checking out all the great work that Royal Rebounds does. I hopefully uh, will be able to be a guest uh, with them again. Had a great time with them a couple of weeks ago. Looking forward to more uh, more cross work between the two of these podcasts. This will not be the last time that you see Royal Re Rebounds here uh, on Locked on Kings. Hopefully we can get together again during this offseason when something exciting happens. Definitely next season and beyond. Barry, it's been an absolute pleasure pleasure my man yes sir thank you so much for having me on the show matt i, I really appreciate it was a pleasure having Barry join me here on the Locked On Kings podcast. I'm curious what you think about some of the things that we discussed, especially when it comes to trading Harrison Barnes. Would you trade HB? What kind of pieces would you need to get back in an HB trade? Uh, or are you more reluctant to move him like me? Where are you at with that? And anything else that Barry and I discussed, please send that to me at MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Kings play the Houston Rockets again. And tomorrow night, I will be expecting to do a, a Kings post-game pod after that game, so I hope you will join me for that. If you could leave a review of Locked on Kings, that would be amazing if you haven't already. Best place to do that is Apple Podcasts. Hit five stars. There's a little box for a custom review. Please fill that out. Let other people know why you listen to Locked on Kings, why you'd encourage them uh, to listen to Locked on Kings. That would be great. And Spotify listeners, there's no custom uh, review area, but there is finally a five-star rating. Hit five stars if you think the show is worthy of that rating. I really would appreciate it. I can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.